Hello and welcome to the Praise Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com. In any relationship, and I thought about using all sorts of things. Um, I could have used my children. I could have used my wife and I. In any relationship, part of what solidifies that relationship and makes it stronger is when you are pursuing each other. Um, if, if just one of you is doing the pursuit, it might work sort of for a time, but eventually that becomes really one-sided and not healthy. But when you are both pursuing each other for five years, awesome. That's commitment, man. Um, when you're both pursuing each other and, and you're going deep and you're saying, I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. But I want to know you. I want to get to know what makes you tick. I want to know um, what your favorite color is or what your favorite video game is. You know, if it's two guys, it's, uh, you know, what's your favorite sport? How much can you lift? Whatever, whatever works. Um, it's best if you can both be pursuing relationship. And pursuit is the key word that I want to um, bring out on this. So my, my sermon title is called Pursuit. And um, so, but instead of talking about either general relationships or boy-girl relationships, I want to talk about uh, uh, the most important relationship. Who can tell me what Jesus said was the most important commandment? And I'm not going to give you a mic, so go for it. Really loud. Uh, Close. Close. That was very. That was the first of the Ten Commandments. It was one of one of the Ten Commandments. What was the one that Jesus said? Okay. What was the one that Jesus said? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, okay, so the great, Matthew 22, 37 through 38, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. So what I want to talk about is what does that look like? What does it look like to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Now, for some of you, this will be a review. This will be a, uh, maybe for some of you this will be just a, okay, yeah, I, I've, I've got that. But as I was, I spent a lot of time praying about this because um, for, for me, it, it was a little bit of both. There was a case of, oh, God, you're, you're, you're putting your thumb on something I need to be working on lately. And yet at the same time, there was this sense of, God, I've been walking with you for years. And, and God, a lot of these people really don't need to... But I kept coming back to what Peter said. Second Peter, he said, Because the stakes are so high... This is from the message version, which I thought really uh, communicated it well. Because the stakes are so high, even though you're up to date on all this truth and practice it inside and out, I'm not going to let up for a minute in calling you to attention before it. This is the post to which I've been assigned, keeping you alert with frequent reminders. I'm sticking to it as long as I live. 
So for some of you, this may be review. This may be the review for the umpteenth time. So for some of you, maybe it's the first time and you're going, oh, that's what that's supposed to look like. Whatever the case may be, I want to talk about what it means to love God well and to pursue God. And I'm going to start with a few quotes from a few famous people. Some of them you may know, some of you Some of them you may not. Uh, The first one is by a guy named C.S. Lewis, and he says, Continue seeking God with seriousness. Unless he wanted you, you would not be wanting him. C.S. Lewis, uh, probably one of the greatest thinkers of the 20th century. Another gentleman who uh, may be a little bit more well-known from the 21st century, If I stop pursuing God, I am letting our relationship deteriorate. We never grow closer to God when we just live life. It takes deliberate pursuit and attentiveness. Francis Chan said that, and when I read that, I went, yes, it takes deliberate. Um, One of Newton's laws of thermodynamics, which I can't remember, and if I'd been on top of things, I would have looked it up. But um, one of Newton's laws says that everything eventually starts to deteriorate. That's just the natural law of life right now, apart from God. And so what Francis Chan is saying is the same thing. In our relationships, if we don't keep pursuing, if we don't keep working at it, our relationships will eventually start to crumble. And our relationship with God is no different, except that what is true, as C.S. Lewis said, is that God is constantly pursuing us. So, yeah, he is the initiator. He is the one who's constantly coming after us and saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And... And he's inviting us to pursue him back. Jesus, you guys may have heard of him, said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him. There's a a group of people that David assigned in the temple, King David in the Old Testament. He assigned in the temple and he said, I want you folks to lead worship. They were called the sons of Korah. Um, Obviously Korah being the father figure person in that. um, And so during that time they created numerous psalms and from one of them, Psalm 42, they said this, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I want my soul to pant after God, just like uh, a thirsty animal looking for water in the desert. And that works really well where we live. Okay, so, um, and then finally, King David, the greatest king in Israel's history, said this, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. We are called to seek God continually. And, and, And David is a phenomenal example of that. But he's also a phenomenal example of some ways to do that. And I want to, I, I want to get to that. But before I do, I want to talk about the whys. One of the things I learned a long time ago is that it's great to give students... Uh, I was a youth pastor for 17 years, so that's kind of my, where I'm still stuck on analogies. It's great to su- give students uh, a what... But it's also good to give them a how and a why. Because if you just give them a what, you should do this and you shouldn't do that, then they're left going, I don't know. 
especially if they don't come from uh, a family that's a follower of Christ. So why do we pursue our relationship with God? Why do we have to do anything? Why is Francis Chan correct when he says um, we never grow closer to God when we just live life? Why didn't it just happen if God's pursuing us? And why do we need that pursuit? So, number one, we need to pursue God to become more like Jesus, unified with Him. And we talked about that this morning, being unified with each other and unified with Christ through, through communion. We are called to be unified with Christ. And as we do that, we become more like Him. We develop His character in us. There is a, uh, some life coach kind of guy, I'd never heard of him, but I've heard this quote many times, and he said this, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So, see, I've got my wife, and I've got four kids. That could be dangerous. You're the average of the, so you become, as you hang out with Jesus, you become more like him. Now, I want to give a quick picture of this, kind of a a little comic relief here. Um, You become who you spend time with, and oftentimes, if you have a pet, you become who you spend time with. Uh, Now, I've heard this. I haven't had a pet since I was a kid, but we have promised our, our boys that when we move to Blackfoot, we have got a place that has a fence and has a doggy door, and uh, not that we're going to get a dog small enough to fit through the doggy door, but we're going to get a dog. So, uh, here are a few people who have spent a little bit too much time with their dog. Go ahead and show the first one up there. Okay, so that one's not too bad because, you know, it could just be that he already had the white hair and he chose the dog because it was cute. Okay, yeah, I get that. But this next one, That's cute. That's adorable. Um, Next. Yeah. I want it to be noted this guy needs to spend a little bit more time with his dog because from my opinion, the dog's smiling. Okay? So need to work on that. Go ahead to the next one. Okay? Uh, Again, probably spend a lot of time with the dog and therein lies the problem. And last one for the cuteness factor. Oh, no, not the cuteness factor. Not this one. This is, um, why does this look like a mugshot? I, I don't know. But, uh, okay, now the cuteness factor kicks in for the ne- last one. There we go. Now, the question that arose that I was, as I was going through the Internet looking for these shots, the question that arose was, as the dog and the kid grew up, did they continue to look the same? I, I don't know, but it uh, did, did make me wonder. So, anyway, the people... <laughs> Or the pets that you hang out with. Hopefully, your desire then is to hang out with God because as we hang out with Him, we become more like Him. And that is the goal of our faith. John chapter 17, Jesus says, uh, as He's praying for us, He's praying for us, people to come, not the disciples at this point, but the people who would come to Christ because of them, which is us. He says, I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Father, make them like us so that the world will know 
as we become more like Christ, it's not just because God... We don't give our hearts to Jesus and say, I want to be a disciple of Jesus so that we have this this, uh, behavioral modification. But as we spend time with God, the whole point is that God wants for us, yes, to to transform us from the inside out and set us free from the things that uh, that would hurt us and harm us, but He also wants our lives to be a light to others. And so our, our goal is to be like Christ. Paul said this, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That is what he's called us to. To put on Christ. To put off the old nature, to put off the old. And we're not just talking to put off the, Oh, I gossip too much, I eat too much, I do this too much but to put on Christ, to become like Him so that the world will know that He can transform, change, heal. That is one of the reasons that we spend time, we pursue Christ in response to His pursuit of us. A second reason is that as we pursue Christ, we become more aware of what pleases Him. How we can make Him happy. Now this is not about, again, this is not about behavioral modification. This is about how can I please the one who has rescued me, who has set me free, who loves me unconditionally, and believe me, I know me well enough to know that loving me unconditionally is a big deal. Okay? So... My wife is so gracious, she didn't say a word. (laughs) So, we want to know so that we can do what pleases Him in return. So, speaking of my wife, I warned her that she would be a sermon illustration here, and she looked at my list and said, okay, that's fine. Um, so, uh, So, last night, I had to ask again, so that I get it right, what her favorite color is. Blue. Got it down? Good. All right. Now i got to figure out what shade. Okay, so blue. Um, now, I thought I had this down, and I'm convinced that I did have it down, and that over the last few years, she's kind of changed. Because when we first got married, I w- I, I'm convinced that she preferred flowers over chocolate. I have been corrected this morning. <laughs> that it's about 50-50. So... Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking for a romantic gift, I'll bring both. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, um, my wife's love language is time spent together. Uh, I know that my wife loves to explore and discover new places. So one of the things that we really enjoy doing together is going out and finding a uh, a logging road or a forest service road. They had a lot more logging roads on the west side than they do over here. Going out and finding uh, just basically a, a gravel road and just following it and seeing where it goes and then apologizing when we drive into somebody's driveway. Uh, no, we've never done that. Um, but just seeing where, where these different roads go and you find some amazingly beautiful places. Um, so that's one of the things that, that my wife enjoys doing. The last thing is that my wife is very competitive. Now, over the years, 
Uh, she's mellowed, and I've kind of come up. So I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or bad. But when we first started dating, uh, I discovered that because we would play a card game. How many of you know what Nerds is? Okay, it's, it's a card game. Basically, it's speed, solitaire, together. So there's, you can play however many. Everybody has a deck of cards. I won't explain it. The point is, is that the speed part, okay? It was a good two years before I won my first game. So, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so it's tremendously competitive. Here is my point. My point with all of this laughter and having fun is this. I know these things about my wife because I take the time to learn what pleases her. Now, with her and with me, we change. Uh, we change. When, I, when we first got married, I would have said my favorite color is blue. Now my favorite color is green. My point being is, with, with any friend, life changes, life happens, and so you're continually learning things. With God, it's more a matter of, He is so big, infinite, and amazing, we're constantly learning things. God is so wonderful. So, one of the reasons that we pursue relationship with God is, God, how can I please you? How can I love you? Some things I've learned about God. He wants everybody to experience His love and grace. So if I love God and I am pursuing Him, I want to please Him. How can I help others to uh, experience His love and grace? Um, if you look at Jesus and what He did, one of the things that you kind of see in there is He doesn't have a lot of patience for people who are arrogant and mean or put, who put others down to lift themselves up. So that doesn't mean that I get to be like that. But it does mean that when that I need to be, I need to be the opposite of, of the way those people are. I need to be patient. I need to put lift others up rather than putting them down. Um, he has tremendous patience for those willing to admit they have messed up and want to try again, and again, and again. He has tremendous patience because when we say, "God, I'm sorry," he is willing to say, "I forgive you." even if it's the one millionth time. And so, I know that pleases God. So guess what he calls me to do? What I want to do as I pursue him, I want to forgive. I want to give grace. Still working on that. But that's the point. Is as we spend time with him, we become more like him. Most amazing of all, because like I said, each of you, and I know just how much stuff is inside of us that is imperfect, that is not like Jesus, that sometimes doesn't even want to spend time with Jesus because we want to go over here and do this thing. And what's most amazing of all is that God never quits pursuing us. God loves us. There is no condemnation when we choose not to pursue Him. There is no... Uh, tapping the foot, looking at his watch, and going, you're five minutes late. Sorry, I have another appointment. But there's this constant sense of, come, come, come. God wants time with us. And to me, and I know this doesn't speak to everybody, in this room, but for me as a dad, that is the most encouraging and convicting part 
because as, as my heavenly father does to me, I want to do that to my boys. I want to be that patient, that gracious. And I know, I know there are times I'm not. So as we pursue God, we become more like Him. We are empowered to be like Him. He gives us the strength. His Holy Spirit in us helps us to be more like Him. And as we pursue God, we discover the things that please Him. We discover how to make Him happy. So I want to encourage you to pursue God, to discover for yourselves what it looks like for yourself. So with that in mind, what does that look like? What does that mean? And I want to tell you, first and foremost, that there are as many things in Scripture to do to pursue God as there probably are people in this room. And the important thing is not the method or the amount of time you spend, the important thing is, are you pursuing God? So a few things I want to bring to your attention that are kind of uh, maybe some base ideas, not the only things you can do, but maybe just some base ideas to start with. Some things that you can say, especially if, you've, if you're not well practiced in this, if this is something that maybe is new for you, or, um, well, I've, I've, I come to church, and I do, I do one or two things, but I'm really looking to, to up my game and, and do more for Jesus and, and get to know Him better. Here are some thoughts. Here are some ideas. Uh, and the first one we're doing today. So David says this, Oh God, You are my God. Earnestly I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. So one of the things that we do, that we have done this morning, is we have joined together in the sanctuary and we have worshipped. And in doing that, we are pursuing God. We are, we are becoming like Christ. We are, uh, we are lifting Him up and, and enjoying His presence in us and with us. So that's one thing. Just doing that regularly. And it doesn't have to be on, only on Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings are, are a convenient time. Sunday mornings here at the church, that's a whole other sermon topic. But it can be every morning. It can be gathering together with a small group of, of people in your house, but the important thing is worshiping God in the sanctuary, gathering together with His people. Another one is found, again, by, uh, okay, I'm not going to be positive this is David because I didn't look this up, but it's in Psalm 130, and the author says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in His word, I hope. Some of you may be saying, you know, God may be pursuing me, but I don't feel very worthy of pursuing Him. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like, like I've, I've been gone too long and I need to kind of show him, I need to prove to him that I, uh, I, I will do better. 
And I guess this strikes me because this is how I used to live. This is where I was. This is sort of my second conversion experience was discovering that God loves me unconditionally. And I don't have to earn his love. I don't have to prove to him that I'm truly sorry because he knows my heart. And so if, if you want to know God, maybe you're in a place right now where all you can do is cry out to him. And it can be out loud or quietly or silently, but crying out to him and just sitting and being. And maybe it's just saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus. Cry out to him. Wait for him. Be with him. Jesus gives us a third example. In the book of Mark, the story that that Mark tells of Jesus' life, in the first chapter, Mark says, and rising very early in the morning, he's talking about Jesus. What does Jesus do? Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, that is Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Now, I am going to let all of you night owls off the hook and share with you that you don't have to get up very early in the morning and go pray. You won't necessarily be as spiritual as this morning, people, but that's okay. <laughs> and all of my family are shaking their heads. So, um, the point being is that Jesus went away and prayed. If the only time you have to be alone is early in the morning, then maybe you need to make that discipline. But maybe you need to go away right after work and say, okay, uh, my drive on the way home is 15 minutes. I'm going to turn off the radio, turn off the podcast, and I'm just going to pray. Or maybe you can take five minutes. This only works if you don't have children, I think. You can take five minutes in the car before you get out of the car. And just be still and pray when you get home. The point being not necessarily how long, although obviously the more time you spend with anybody, the better, right? But the point being is as often as possible getting together with God and praying. So I had a pastor when we lived in Concrete, and he would, during special times, when he know, knew he needed to remind himself to pray for specific things that were coming up that were more important than the norm, he would put a little, he, um, this is called a watch for those of you who are under 30. Uh, sorry. <laughs> those jokes are not very nice. Um, but he, would, he had a watch, and he would put a little dot on his watch, a little sticker, and that would remind him Whenever he'd look at his watch to find out what time it was, that would remind him. And so then he would just take a minute, and he'd be still, and he'd pray. Again, the point is not you've got to do it a certain way or at a certain time or anything. The point is, if you're going to pursue a relationship with God, spend time with Him. Spend time praying. Husbands, just so you know, it works really well with your wives, too. If you want to pursue your... Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, finally, one of the key ways that God speaks to us, if you want to hear from God, 
definitely he speaks in our spirit and he can speak through circumstances, but one of the key ways that he has given us is this wonderful thing called the Bible. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you want to know what pleases God, start there. Start with the Bible. Start with a particular book. Ask, ask Pastor Sal or ask somebody who's been uh, walking with God for a while longer than you. Where, where do you think I should read? I don't recommend Leviticus, but I suppose you could... Yeah. Um, but start somewhere. Read. Listen. Allow God to speak to you through His Word. So those are some ways that we can know God, that we can pursue God. And I am quite sure that you can come up with other ways. But I want to go back to the wise for a moment because there could be somebody here who says, why should I pursue God at all? There's, maybe it's a what's in it for me or maybe it's a I don't understand. Whatever your reasoning is, you're asking the question, why should I pursue God at all? What's the big deal? And I, there are many reasons I could give for that. And I've, I've touched on some of them in terms of freedom and, and uh, um, how he's transformed me and touched my life. I've kind of touched on some of that. But here is the one that the Lord spoke to me and said, bring this out. And that is because in all of this, and all of who we are, and all that we do in this life and in this culture, one thing is true. We were created. We were created for relationship with Him. That's the most important thing to remember. As you're going through life, and life is working, or it's not working, or something just feels off, you know, my wife's been driving our van lately and, and she's hearing something not quite right. I haven't heard it yet, but she's hearing it. And so she's going, something's off. Whether it's our transmission or our engine, just, it's not the right tone. And maybe that's in your life or maybe life is, is just crashing and burning or maybe life's going along fine and you don't, you were made for relationship with him. And if everything even feels fine right now, eventually you will get to the point where you're saying something's off. I guarantee it. I can promise you, not because I'm prophetic, but because I know that we were made for a relationship with Him. If you go all the way back to the beginning, in Genesis, we weren't made after the fall. We humans were made before the fall to be in relationship with God. The Bible says that at the end of every day after creation, okay, Adam and Eve are doing life together, and it doesn't say how long they did life together after God created them. Could have been months or years. We don't know. But at the end of every day, in the cool of the evening, the Bible says, God would come down to the garden, and he'd just hang with them. He'd just be with them, walk with them through the garden. Now, you can use your imagination to kind of figure out, well, what do you think God did through there? Did he help them name the animals? Did he just talk with them? My guess is all of the above. But here's the point. The point is we were made for relationship. And so I want to encourage you that if you are checking this stuff out, you would consider 
What does it mean to pursue God? Because I guarantee you, He's pursuing you. And He wants a relationship with you. And here is the problem. The Bible says that uh, in Romans chapter 3, it says, No one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And because of that, we are separated from God. Our relationship with Him is, is cracked and broken. And, and the only thing that could be done is God said, you can't do anything about it, but I can. And John chapter 1, John says this about, about our situation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. And, and Brandon talked about this uh, last week. And then later on, Jesus says, this is eternal life. So at the beginning, John says that God wants us to have eternal life. And then Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So if you are feeling like something's just off, if you're questioning why do I need this relationship with God kind of thing, I want to encourage you. You need that relationship because that's what you were created for. So if the worship team could, could come on up. My goal this morning, for those of you who are followers of Christ, who have been walking with God for anywhere from a day to 25, 50 years, my goal this morning is not to heap condemnation on anybody, but simply to remind you of what is true. Because sometimes, in any relationship, we just need to be reminded Take a step. Take another step. Go back to where you know you, you have been and, and you want to be again. Take a step this week and say, okay, how can, God, how can I pursue you this week? Do I need to take some time to pray? Do I just need to sit down and read a chapter from the Bible? God, how can I pursue you this week? That in and of itself is a prayer. You're inviting God to give you feedback. And then go with whatever the Holy Spirit says. The goal isn't about spending X amount of time. The goal isn't about how can I, uh, how can I get this great emotion and, and do all of these things and jump through all of these hoops. The goal is, God, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. And if you don't yet have a relationship with God, I want to invite you to consider that. If something this morning I said sparked your interest and you have questions, questions are good. If you have asked questions before and been told, no, 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 just believe and have faith, don't, your questions are irrelevant, that's, your questions are relevant. God is bigger than any question you have. He's not afraid of it doesn't necessarily mean we have all the answers, but God, who is the one who created you, has the answers. And He is not afraid of your questions. I want to encourage you, whatever, wherever you are in that spectrum. So, uh, my wife, Sherry, and myself, 
and Pastor Sal, we're going to be up here over in the corners. And if you have questions, or maybe you just want us to pray for you and say, you know what, I want to walk with God. I want to pursue God. Would you please pray for me that God would help me to do that this week? We would love to pray for you. If you say, I want to know God, I don't know Him, can you help me to know Him? We would love to do that with you. Whatever the case may be, we want to bring you just another step closer. I want to end with this prayer by A.W. Tozer, and then the worship team is going to sing a song, and um, if you want prayer, we'll be over in the corners. But I want to end with this prayer, and I'm going to read it. A.W. Tozer was another one of those famous dead people that said amazing things when they were alive. And this is from his book called The Pursuit of God. I thought it was fitting. O God, I have tasted thy goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire, O God. The triune God, I want to want Thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me Thy glory, I pray Thee, that so I may know Thee indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then give me grace to rise and follow thee up from this. God, help us to make this our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Praise Center's Sermon of the Week. Don't forget, for more information, visit PraiseCenterOnline.com.